Hello, my name is Camille. And my name is Stephanie. And we're here today with another episode of the 1999 Beauty Podcast. Today, we're sharing a conversation with Allison Walsh of That's Not My Age. I found Allison's uh, blog, That's Not My Age, in about 2016 when I first started researching uh, the conversation around aging online and who, who was talking about it. And That's Not My Age was really the first authentic, relatable, inspirational take on aging and and style that I found. Um, so we were super excited uh, when we got in touch with Allison and we were really excited about the opportunity to speak with her. And Allison, in addition to being the founder of That's Not My Age, is an author. She wrote a book called Know Your Style, Mix It, Match It, and Love It. Uh, she's a freelance journalist and former fashion editor. So in this episode, Allison tells us why in 2008, after years in the editorial world, uh, she started a blog that focuses on women's style regardless of their age and the changes that she's working towards in removing age as a dictator of one's style and really as kind of a general point of interest in conversation. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Allison. So Allison, we're really excited to be speaking with you today. Uh, we'd love if you could start by telling us a bit about yourself and what inspired you to start That Summer Age. Well, thank you for having me. It's really lovely to, to be here. And um, a bit about me, uh, I'm a journalist and author. My background um, is in women's magazines, so I was a fashion editor for years. And I left a position probably about 20 years ago now and started working for websites and online a bit more. But I kept thinking... There's no one out there that's talking to me. There's no, you know, there's no one that I can relate to or you know, has a similar voice or talks to me the way I talk to, talk to my friends. And, you know, I live in London and I see lots of really cool women of all ages. But, you know, I was in my 40s then, so I was looking at kind of women around that age and, and above. And I was seeing all these cool people every day uh, in town and, uh, but not reflected in magazines or in the media or anything. So I felt like there was a space there um, for someone to talk about midlife and beyond and style and, you know, all the things that affect women of that age. But just I, I felt there was a lack of representation um, in editorial, in ad campaigns, uh, and so I just wanted to address that, really. Did you start as a blog or were you just writing pieces and putting them out there? Or how did the conversation kind of start? It started as a blog and I started um, actually kind of originally, very early on, I'd go out with a photographer friend of mine and we'd just, you know, go up to these like cool women we were seeing in London and go, can we take your photo? And this was years before like the whole street star thing blew up. And so people were a bit like, oh, uh, <laughs> all right then. <laughs> and so, so we started doing that a bit. And then I started, I wanted to write about it more anyway. So yeah, it started as a blog. And then of course, Facebook, you had to be on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and then Instagram. So uh, social media has changed everything, uh, you know, kind of like the fashion and beauty world. And, you know, again, going back to the sort of representation, now we are seeing much more 
you know, more women of all different ages. Start, that's how it started. And on the back of the blog, I wrote two books about age and style. And I have a, a, um, a weekly newspaper column as well called Ageless Style in the Telegraph. And when, when you were working in fashion, like within, in magazine, like within the magazines, was there like an active conversation around a, like kind of was the exclusion of older women, like a conscious decision, or was it more just like an assumption based on like a beauty ideal that we've kind of had all accepted at that point? No, because I think the magazines I worked for were, um, weren't really kind of aimed at the younger market. They were sort of aimed at women, you know, women in their 30s, 40s, 50s. And so even though I, I suppose the models looked sort of timeless, ageless, they sort of weren't teenagers, but they were, you know, I suppose you couldn't really tell what age they were. They were probably all about, you know, maximum age, 30, but they kind of had that, you know, mm-hmm. so... From my point, personal point of view, I think it was when I left that environment and then kind of went out and was freelancing and stuff that I thought, actually, very few people are using older models or, you know, talking about this. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, I just, like, we just think it's so interesting that, like, even from a business perspective, it's like, why hasn't this happened? Like it, it is older women who are doing a massive amount of the consumption. So, like, why? Are they, why aren't they? Why aren't they? <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no yeah. sense because when you think about who's got the money as well, you know, yeah. sort of like and sort of demographics and the size of that market. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> the spending power. Um, so, for brand, I mean, kind of people have finally caught on, but it took people yeah. were very, very slow, and it seemed. You know, to me, it just seems mad that you're not addressing the people, you know, a, a huge audience. And, mm-hmm. and again, like, again, talking about, go, go, to go back to models, it's the same thing. I think women re- really relate to seeing someone who looks like them. And that surely will encourage them to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, brands were very, very slow on the uptake. And it has changed, it's changed sort of quite dramatically, I think. Uh, yes. You know, it was very slow, but it is, it's, it's happen, it happening. Yeah, for sure. We, we have seen, even just, even just since we started thinking about 1999, the past couple of years, we've seen a, such a more diverse range of age represented. And we still find a lot of the time there's like a lot of tokenism or a lot of yeah. kind of like this caricature of what an older woman looks like. But it's so true. I mean, it's sort of stereo. It's you know, we've moved on from sort of invisibility to stereotyping, where it's sort of almost like there's a diversity checklist. You've got this model, this model, this model, and the older model is always the one who, you know, often has very long grey hair. Um, It's supposed to represent women over fifty, but kind of probably is herself. You know, a lot of them are, are much older, like possibly 70s and 80s so you know and that is like a massive that's a very big demographic women over 50 you can't kind of bundle everyone together and expect them all to be the same or to you know to want to look the same mm-hmm. and has your uh relationship with aging changed since you started that's not my age yes 
I'm older and wiser. <laughs> <laughs> it has actually. I think um, when I started, I kind of, you know, I was sort of, it is about 13 years ago this summer. So I was kind of mid, early to mid 40s. And I think I feel more confident now. I do, and I think that is from writing about it, addressing the situation, meeting lots of like-minded women. I think I've got a much more positive view and there has been a big shift. I think, you know, there are lots of more images of women, older women available and, you know, social media has transformed this. There is the increased visibility, women interacting, like-minded women interacting online in a positive way. I can kind of relate to all that, and I, it, it has it has changed. You know, I've kind of been going through me being through the menopause. I've been writing about age, um, and I feel more well. I don't know, a bit of a cliche, but I feel more comfortable in my own skin now. And again, it's that sort of I suppose seeing people like you, the camaraderie of social media, that kind of feeling of being part of something rather than sort of being on your own or being invisible or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for us, I know like we're still young uh, or, or younger, and even for us, just speaking with women of all different ages has really changed our perspective. And I mean, yeah. taken a lot of the fear away. Not that there was a lot of fear; we, we wanted to kind of get rid of the fear mongering in beauty. Um, but yeah, even having the conversations, addressing it directly, it's completely changed. Um, yeah, and I think it's important to have role models to have. But women of all ages, I think, to have women to look up to, you know, they can be younger or they can be older, but, you know, to see all these amazing older women, even for me, you know, and for, it's, it is really empowering. Yeah, for us, we, um, the multi-general dialogue is really important because things don't change if it's just one side speaking. Yeah. And yeah, we, we definitely have people around us that inspire us and kind of is, are who inspired us to start this, so... Um, yeah, the role model is important. Um, and what does the term refuse to be invisible mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that goes back to, it's quite, you know, the old fashioned view that once women were a certain age, then they were, you know, invisible or no longer important or, you know, just sort of cast aside and, you know, all those terms like, you know, you were on the shelf or, you know, things like that or past it. And so it was just, it was talking about that. And I kind of think we have fought back against that kind of attitude and things have changed because now we do, you know, we do see more women in films, in the media, on television, in campaigns, you know, you work with women of all different ages and again it comes to you know there's a sort of double whammy of ageism and sexism isn't there it's sort of you know men are treated differently a kind of you know an older man with gray hair is you know he's wise and knowledgeable and experienced and a woman in the past has been written off and ignored and women have struggled to get to this point you know positions in positions of responsibility and power and you know why why should that be taken away from you uh because you're a bit older that's actually really interesting I feel like I've never thought of it in such clear terms but it's like once essentially women have reached that position of power and responsibility at the same time they're at like the pinnacle 
of their career, they're also deemed to be like invisible and not worthy, even though their contribution perhaps is like as great as it's ever been. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it is, it is kind of, we all kind of view differently. Even now, even we still all view differently mm-hmm. and treated differently to men. And you can see, you know, you can see that in, in politics, in the number of women that are board di- company directors or on boards. Mm-hmm. If you go to meetings, you know, it's, oh, I've lost my train of thought there a bit. <laughs> That's all right. And switching gears a bit to beauty, what does your... (laughs) Can you take us through your daily beauty routine morning and night? You know what? I'm not not sure how many people are going to be interested in this because it's very Mm -hmm. low maintenance. I am pretty, as you can see, um, kind of low maintenance. I suppose, um, I mean, I do the basics, like cleanse, moisturize. I like a nice serum and a lovely face oil at night. But I don't sort of overload my skin with products. I don't have like 30 different products a day or that kind of thing. I don't wear very much makeup, even less kind of like during lockdown. I use an SPF now after years of being a bit lackadaisical, um, not wearing them. It kind of was slightly different growing up in the 70s in the north of England where it wasn't very sunny and we didn't really have, mm-hmm. you know, that much choice over sunscreens and stuff. So, yeah, it's sort of quite basic, really. And has it changed as you've gotten older? Like, did you used to wear more makeup or less, or has it always kind of been the same? Um, I've always sort of been, you know what, I think I've always, maybe I went through a phase when I was clubbing and stuff when I was a teenager and a student when I wore more makeup um, in the 80s. Uh, but now... I kind of think, I actually, I quite like it now because I feel like less is more at last and, you know, I can just not wear much makeup and, you know, my I, I dyed my hair for years and I stopped dyeing it about four or five years ago and, you know, just this is natural colour now, so it's sort of a bit grey, a bit blonde, a bit grunde, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um and I like that. I like that less is more is last at last, and I can sort of feel natural and authentic and how I want to be. Mm-hmm. And do you feel pressure to look a certain way? No, <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? I don't think I've ever felt that because, again, going back to sort of, I grew up in the seventies, sort of as a teenager on the sort of tail end of punk, and I kind of I've always had that kind of punk attitude of you know what I you know. I don't want to conform to prescriptive rules. I want to wear what I like. Um, and also it helps, I think. I am freelance, so I, you know, I'm, I work from home a lot and I work in fashion, so I can kind of wear what I want anyway. I don't have a dress code for work like other women, you know, kind of certain uh, industries or professions. I suppose so kind of, you, know, you mentioned sort of historically, you know, like you and your mom have the same makeup, you wear, you know, wear the same clothes. And I think there used to be a generational split, kind of like my mom was quite different to me, but she's in her 80s, you know. Um, but now I kind of think that's not the case. And, you know, we all wear similar clothes, we all wear trainers, we all are on social media, we all watch Netflix, you know, it's kind of... Yeah, I, I don't feel a pressure to sort of, you know, dress in a certain way because of my age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that I feel like now uh, with everyone living digitally, it's so much easier to stay connected, 
you know, talk about what's going on trend. And it's the same for me me and my mom, we like all the same things, but her and her mother, are like my grandmother is completely different <laughs> yeah. 90s now. So um, yeah, that, that gap is closing that generational uh, gap in terms of taste and style and, you know, interests. It's much more shared than before. Yeah. And Allison, do you find that as you've been writing more about age, it's almost become less important to you? It's really funny that you say that because I kind of feel, um, well, a couple of things. When I first started, I used to do a regular feature on older models. So whenever I'd spot an older model in a campaign, I'd go, yay, hooray, look at this, you know, uh, and find, do research the model and who she was and how old she was and find out a bit of background information and do a feature on that. And now I feel like, well, there's so many out there. I don't need to do that anymore. And I do think, it's funny because I do a weekly column in a newspaper and I said to my editor, do you think I don't talk about age enough? Because I sort of think, is it enough that, because the, there's a photo of me on the page, like, you know, every week, and then I'm talking about a certain, you know, I don't know, we talked about layering or wearing suits again or, you know, comfy shoes. And so I think, does it matter that I'm not specifically talking about ageing and is it enough that there's a picture of me, not a teenager, a bit wrinkly, greyish hair? Mm-hmm. 57 and, it, and is that enough and I get quite a few messages from people saying you know thank you kind of and that's what's really lovely actually and they, that's not my age readers as well that you know sort of it's helped them with going grey or figuring out what they want to wear um, and that kind of thing so it's that is a bit of a conundrum that I often think about actually like should I be should I be specifically talking about age but then I kind of think well women my age and around and beyond are interested in other things as well and I think yeah it's hard to know any feedback welcome (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think for us we find that I think there's something kind of uh great about not having to specifically talk about age because you aren't like your interests aren't necessarily dictated by your age. Like as Camille said several times, she and her mom, Didi, have like so much in common, both aesthetically, but also like interest wise that to us, it's kind of like the goal with 1999. It's like to not deny aging or put a bow on it in any way, but just to have it not be terribly interesting as a point of conversation. Cause like uh, my boyfriend is quite a bit older than me and I hang out with his friends all the time and like like love it like it's it's age isn't a factor yeah no I agree I agree with that and I kind of think we do need to get to the point where actually we're not talking you know what's age got to do with it you know it doesn't matter we are the age we are and it should it should it shouldn't factor into it and I kind of think there are so many more people talking about it now that kind of eventually maybe we will reach a point where, you know, no one's going, oh, look, it's Helen Mirren in, another, in a campaign. Ooh. Yeah, like in a bubble yeah. bath. It's so <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, where we get, where that's not like headline news. It's just, yeah. it's just 
part of every day. And I kind of think the audience also is quite sophisticated. You know, sort of, I mean, you don't need to sort of bash people over the head with it all the time. So, yeah, yeah, I'm always, any whenever I talk about stuff that is age-related, it's always really popular, but I don't do it all the time and I sort of don't want to do it all the time. Right? Mm-hmm. I agree with what, what you're saying. Yeah, and it's almost like, I guess, in order to make the change, you kind of have to like almost over-index on it in order yeah. to have a place that it's no longer interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's something we're always trying to balance too when we talk about 1999. We don't want age to be the main point of conversation, but to change things, we have to have it included in some way. So Yeah, yeah. I think you can do it in a, you know, it can be sort of, it can be subtle, can't it? It doesn't have to be... I don't really like it kind of like banging on about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and does the term age appropriate mean anything to you? <laughs> no. Um, I think age appropriate is inappropriate now. It, it, it's, kind, it's meaningless and it's redundant. We, we've mo- we have moved on from that. And that, again, comes back to, I guess you know, social media as well and kind of all the diversity we see and seeing all those different women. You know, if you look at your feed and you see all these different women of different ages out there wearing whatever they like, you know, that reinforces the fact that we we have a choice. We don't, you know, have to dress a certain way because we're in our 50s, 40s, 60s, whatever. That kind of attitude feels really antiquated uh, to be told that you should dress in a certain way um you know we've, we've just got all ages and women wearing whatever they like which is a really positive thing you know we have a choice and I kind of think it's back to you and your mum and I think if you see a group of women I had to go to a meeting this morning and it was quite a bit of the uh, freezes on in London a big art fair and so there's a lot of people like people milling around and it's so brilliant to see after all you know after being locked down and everything sort of people out and about and um you know you see sort of groups of women together and I kind of think it's quite hard well you're not even thinking about it but it would be quite hard to sort of pinpoint their age and think oh she is you know it's kind of like the way people dress people's attitude I kind of think the age appropriate—it's like the anti-aging term, which you know beauty brands don't use anymore because it's you know it's irrelevant. Yeah, I think it's definitely we're we're moving past those articles and magazines that show like what's appropriate for uh, what yeah. appropriate for what age. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. I think of the past. Hopefully, um, and if you could share advice with your younger self, what would that be? <laughs> Um, I think, oh gosh, I mean, I think when you, I don't know, you are more confident when you get older. So I would say, don't worry, you'll be fine and get your teeth fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and what makes you feel beautiful? No, I think I got, I received a really lovely email yesterday from a reader and it was just, just positive feedback on she found you know she really enjoyed my column and reading that's not my age and it had helped her to feel more confident and able to you know play around a bit and experiment with the wardrobe and it's I suppose it empowered her to sort of do her own thing 
And it was really lovely. And I kind of think moments like that are when I, I feel beautiful, like what I'm doing is, you know, useful. And I always, when I started That's Not My Age, I never really wanted it to be about me. I wanted it to be to empower women and to make, you know, to share expert advice. And, and so, yeah, I suppose that's, that's when I feel beautiful. To bring it back to appearance, it would be, when I'm wearing kind of like my feel-good clothes, the clothes that I always, you know, feel my best in, that I feel relaxed in, that I feel like me in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how has your response been? I mean, it seems like you've you've grown quite a community around that's not my age. How has your response been? And, you know, what kind of relationships have you um, made with other women who have been reading? Or what has the feedback just generally been? Um. Well, I mean, I have met, not recently, actually, kind of like when my books, when I launched my books, which kind of like quite a few years ago now, and then that was a, you know, I was sort of on the road a bit and, you know, promoting and doing events and stuff. And that's sort of when I suppose I I met lots of people then. So you kind of meet people online and you have conversations with them online. and But there's been less of meeting people in person recently for because of COVID and everything. But generally, I am sort of blown away by the response. It's sort of like, it's quite humbling. Kind of, I'm quite blown away by people's response because, I don't know, at the end of the day, I'm quite a modest person. I kind of, you know, often it's when you're working from home and it's you at a computer, it's just, you know, it's me in the spare room. But then to be able to reach people and in a positive way, is really rewarding. Mm-hmm. And do you think there's a point where we stop growing and learning? No, I think, I think you know what, I think you have, I don't know, I love finding out new things. I love reading a book by a new author. I love going to an exhibition. I think, I think we continue to do this throughout our lives. I think it's what makes us interesting and interested. And I had a... In, for my first book, I interviewed, uh, well, a phone interview with Iris Apfel, and she said something really good about this, which if I could just find it, I'll tell you what she said. Oh, she said, kind of, again, museums and the arts are important to me. I always try to stay current and be interested in things. If not, you just dry up. If I wasn't designing or doing creative things, I'd go mad. You must get out there and get involved. Otherwise, you're just living in the dark ages. And I, I think what Iris said. Well, that's a great ending point. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Allison. Uh, please check out her website, thatsnotmyage.com. Follow her on Instagram at thatsnotmyage. And we'll be back soon with another episode of the podcast. So if you're not uh, already subscribed, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we hope to see you soon.